Coming up this week, the Disneyland Resort makes big changes at Bag Check, SeaWorld keeps its promise to Sue, and another popular Anaheim hotel faces the wrecking ball. Plus, later on, Tony reviews the new lunch menu at Catal. All that coming up next. From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 537 for the week of January 3rd, 2016. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by my good friends Nancy Johnson. Hey! Mary Jo Malata Willie. Hello! Michael Bowling. Hey there, hi there, ho there from Walt Disney World. There you go. And Tony Spatel. Hello! It's been too long, folks. No, yeah. say it's not so. <laughs> yeah, right. So we we took our two weeks off for Christmas, and it seemed like three because it really was three. But you know, um, but I'm glad to be back. We have a lot to cover this week, uh, and we are at a new time. So if you listen live on Mixler and you go to our old time. You're going to be late. Um, we are starting at 7 p.m. now every Sunday and want to give a shout out to our Mixler folks. Hey there. Hey, hey Mixlers. And that's 7 p.m. Disneyland time is Michael 7 p.m. Disneyland time. Yes, exactly. Uh, and we may have a surprise for you guys there on Mixler in a little bit. So, uh, Oh, you mean we're going to be on video? Yeah, no. That, that's been like the number one question that I've been getting thing, all yeah. week. Yeah, because <laughs> there's something new happening on on Monday, so that that was one of the speculations. It's wrong. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. So unfortunately, we've, yeah, we've got a lot of housekeeping. Let's get started on that. Um. What do we want to talk about first? Let's talk about we have lots of rehabs in the parks, and of course, you all know that. Um, I just want to say that I think yeah, if people were had <laughs> issues and just because I, I don't know if I'm a big fan of moving rehab into a mm-hmm. Disney park with all those children, I think these people need to get their own self together, like in Malibu or, yeah, yeah. or somewhere else. Okay. Uh, refurbishments. Okay. Okay, is that better? That, that died. Of, that, that, okay, yeah, that, that's that was okay. horrible. I'm, yeah. I'm, I felt yeah. humored for you. <laughs> well, there you go. My, my, my new resolution is to just not be funny. So. I, know I think a lot of our listeners You're off to a fine start, Tony. <laughs> Thank you. Good. All right. So refurbishments in the park. Um, we all know that come uh, next Monday, the 11th, there are lots of things going down for the for the um, beginning of the Star Wars construction, including all of the Rivers of America plus the Disneyland Railroad. But also on the 11th or 12th of uh, the 11th, um, the Haunted Mansion goes down for 10 days. Uh, Jungle Cruise goes down to, to get made Jingle back to... Jingle Cruise. Jingle Cruise, whatever. Um, <laughs> goes down. Uh, let's so see what callous. else. Grizzly River Run goes down for a few days. Um, around that time, Tough to Be a Bug is going to close for a little bit to come back as a preview of another movie. 
that's coming out. <laughs> Zootopia. Zootopia. Okay. Can you just rapid fire? You just that was oh, sorry. rapid fire. I've got nothing now, just so you know. Tony, you have 15 you minutes. Can, you can talk more about one. it, sorry. There's nothing else to say about it. He had one line. One yeah, line. literally. Hey, guess what? And then Tom just said it, so it's okay. <laughs> I'm going to use uh, it to talk politics. So, <laughs> uh, Let's see what else. Um, I'm just ashamed. Soaring Over California <laughs> is going down in bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, it's going down for three days, and for another three days, and then February 8th it's going down for extended period uh world the big surprise is world of colors going down for two weeks oh i hope it's to extract neil patrick harris i know right so from january 19th to february 1st world of colors going down which is kind of interesting so you know out here um um, soren is totally flying away yeah the last california flight over at epcot happened tonight well, see, and that may be what's happening on February eighth because there's no there's no end date on the February eighth closure, so it goes down like three t- three different times in January, and then February eighth it goes down for an extended what appears to be an extended period. There, there's no close, there's no finish date on that one. Isn't it also that um, it's a small world isn't going to go down until or the holiday version until yeah, February? Right, something like isn't that. It I just what, close my screen. Isn't back. it when the mansion comes back up? Yeah, yeah, right. Usually, because there's going to be so many things down that they, mm-hmm. I think they didn't want another um, e-ticket attraction to be down at the same right. time. Well, right. That was a brilliant decision. Finally, <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, close, fantastic. Well, I sound and, like Tony. And, and world of color. <laughs> well, when you're paying five thousand dollars for a pass, you know they got they got to throw you something. The, yeah. Zootopia preview. Zootopia. That's well, what Zootopia they threw, was. right, Tony? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, one thing that's just back from rehab, though, is the Cove Bar. Mary Jo, have you seen it yet? Did you get over there? No, I didn't. Oh, man. Um, so you I, haven't I'll checked check out the barstools? Excuse me? You haven't checked out the barstools? <laughs> she hasn't unscrewed <laughs> all them all. all stationary from what... <laughs> but um, when we go next weekend, so at our next show, Michael okay. and I can both talk about it. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. I've never been to the Cove Bar. Let's go. Our gra- Let's do it. Our granddaughter will love Done. it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my but girls like, don't have mind good it. Food. Michael, we can get her a Shirley Temple or a Roy Rogers. Oh, that would be fun. Be grown up. She would love mm-hmm. that. Okay, good. But I, th- I think the, mem- the menu is the same, um, just more seating. But then I also heard that the kitchen didn't expand, so there's more seating and same kitchen. So. <laughs> Longer wait. Oh, gosh. So the – exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, any other housekeeping? I'm kind of hogging it all. Um, well, I want to give a little review. Well, either now or after Michael speaks about, um, visiting Disneyland Resort during the holidays. Okay. I did do that. I know, but holidays are over. Nobody cares anymore. Epiphany. (laughs) The the holidays of El Nino. I'm kidding. Go ahead, Mary Jo. Arbor Day. Well, I was... My, my cousins came out from Texas, and despite the fact that I told them that it's going to be the most crowded ever, and we spent Tuesday during the holidays at California Adventure, and we spent New Year's Eve at Disneyland, and despite the fact that it was extremely crowded, we had a great time. They, I told them, do Hyperspace Mountain first. I, what I told them was, 
get a fast pass for Hyperspace Mountain and go get in line for Star Tours. And mm-hmm. they did that. Then they ran, not ran, because they walked with a purpose. With purpose, yes. Um, over and they did Haunted Mansion and they got a fast pass for Indiana Jones. And so they hit all the major attractions, I would say, by probably before noon. They hit all the major attractions. But as as the day went on, as, as you guys know, the lines just got really long. It was so crowded over there. And my cousins, I have older cousins. We call them the grandmas. Actually, they call them the Raisin Crew, but I'm, I'm not going to call them that. Um, and they hung out at Jolly Holiday Bakery. And when, when I was over there, I saw the little, uh, I made a point to look for the little picture that they dedicated for Dick Van Dyke. Because it had a little mm-hmm. chimney sweep silhouette up on the wall. So I saw that we, and I noticed that Disneyland, for those of you who watch the New York festivities for, for when they have the dropping of the ball at Times Square and they show the fireworks and everything else at the other places around the world and they'll show them at Disneyland. At 9 p.m., Disneyland did have fireworks to correspond with the midnight East Coast celebration. So it's kind of cool to see that and they had all this, um, celebration over there by the castle and everything and then those then the park kind of a a slew of people left but then main street got full again for the midnight um celebration plus people stayed there also and they were just playing this music like dance music all through the at least through main street and everybody was having a good time they were dancing in the middle of the street of course i was dancing with cast members and it was it was pretty fun even as, even as crowded as it was. So I'm not, I, before where I would discourage people, as long as you go with friends and you expect that, um, you know, hit the attractions early in the morning and then just kind of hang out for the rest of the day if that's what you want to do. Disneyland sure is a fun place for New Year's Eve. It was, I, I would do it again. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I was tempted to this, this year, but I just didn't, just didn't make it. It was fun. And also, some of the our friends in Mixler um, mentioned it, but I did periscope. I periscoped um, the Pixar Play Parade, periscoped the, holo- um, the Holiday Parade, uh-huh. and quite a few people joined in. So that was fun. And then I realized that, you know, like they would say, say hi to me, or is this live? And I was able to talk and interact with them. So as I learn more about it, um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, I can provide better quality uh, videos. You know, they won't go from portrait to landscape and all that kind of stuff. So, and if you fun. want a link to Mary Jo on Periscope, head to our show notes page, disunplug.com, and click one of our more recent podcasts, and they should have the link on there. Cool. Uh-huh. Uh, Michael, you had something? I do. Well, you might remember back in November, I went to MouseCon and talked about it was the first annual, you know, uh, Disney convention in Northern California. Well, they've already announced their second annual convention. It is on the same weekend, December 6, 2016. Uh, MouseCon will still be in the same place, the Hilton Concord. December 6th or November 6th? I'm sorry, November 6th. See, I'm already in the Christmas. Yeah, November 6th, um, 2016. <laughs> Um, it is, it is at the Hilton Concord in Concord, California. So it is, uh, like I said, a Disney and a fan convention. So this is on a Sunday. It will be 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Admission did go up $2. So it's, what? I know, $12. It's still a bargain for what we got. Um, 
children eight to fourteen are um, five dollars. Children eight years and under are free. The tickets are going to be for sale in advance. They um, listened to what everybody had to say, and they are going to sell them in advance on the website shortly. They otherwise they don't have a whole lot of information. They did say that they are going to have a much larger exhibitors room, you know, an vendors room, because that was probably one of the big complaints. You know, I I even talked about it that it was a little crowded in there. They do have um, already two. Two companies, or whatever you want to call them, have already signed up. Um, Walt Disney Family Museum will again be there doing a presentation, and so will the Cartoon Art Museum. They will also be special guests. So far, it appears that they're, they still have the same stages, the Stromboli stage and the Tomorrowland Terrace. So we'll see if that changes at all. They are going to have their costume contest, and it was impressive what people um, war and they're and they're going to have prizes and all that so they're going to have the disney mini museum back and like i said the exhibitor dealer room which will be expanded and they said there'll even be more so we will have a link they just updated their website so we will have a link to their website in our show notes and also um there's a link on their site to their facebook page because that they tend to update their facebook page a little more quickly than they do their website. So I hope I will see you at MouseCon. I'm planning on being there. Very cool. Cool. Awesome. All right. Um, I have another housekeeping. Um, we had talked about, um, I think, a show or two ago that Great Wolf Lodge was having a special through the end of the year. I think it was save 25%. Um, that's over now, but you can still save 20% on rates, on regular rates at the Great Wolf Lodge by using the code, promo code GRAND. Um, and that is good for stays through mid-November and you can book that up to February 7th. So I still need to book my stay. <laughs> you and me both. And that opens February, I think the first night you can, the first night is sold out. February 18th is sold out, but they have availability for February 19th. So that's Coming up very, very soon. Well, since you stole my rapid fire. Yeah. I did drive by it, and I'm a little nervous just because it's not as grandiose as the other ones I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like the water park is, but I just didn't like how the uh, the the hotel seemed to be uh, – I know it's California, and for space, they have to do certain things. And uh, the other one I'm comparing it to is Dallas, where it's like out in the middle of a field, and they can make it this one huge, ginormous – building i just i wish they could have done that a little bit more that's all so i'm interested to see what people think about it mm-hmm. all right any other housekeeping oh yeah roscoe's oh. it's crowded just letting you know people really are, really people, i drove by there this morning and it was crowded now no but remember in the beginning it wasn't it wasn't yeah but no it was there were people outside waiting and that was today which is a Sunday, so was that yesterday? Yeah, I must go at off times. Or no, maybe it was yesterday. I think it was yesterday, actually, yesterday, Saturday. So yeah. Anyways, I was just surprised. Cool. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at dlpodcast at wdwinfo.com. and as I said, you'll find our show notes page at www.disunplug.com. Uh, there was one other thing we had wanted to talk about, Mary Jo. Let's do that after after the rapid fires and we can 
take our time with it. Uh, I'm talking about the weather this week. Uh, okay. Uh, yet no way we can just talk forever. Um, all right, let's talk about news. Tony has our first story. Okay. I don't remember Tony which one. Ready. Yeah, no, I was. I couldn't remember which one you. Wait, no, you threw me. I first of all, I'm not laughing he at my bad joke. Number one and number two because you stole my one line rapid fire. Dang it! Am I doing? I didn't mean to. Am I doing? Our Disneyland story or our other story first? Disneyland story. Okay, that's what's up. You so, two just complete each other. Yes, we, we do. do, don't we? <laughs> Aren't we? Okay. He just, I, yeah. If I was sort of there, I'd give him a, a noogie. That means on. Never mind. Let's go. Anyways, so security has tightened at Disneyland and Disney California Adventure, and I'm sure all of us that have gone have experienced that firsthand and have seen it. But Disneyland and Disney California Adventure have installed metal detectors at park entrances added extra police patrols, discontinued the sale of toy guns, and banned people 14 years and older from wearing costumes or masks due to security concerns. In terms of the metal detectors, visitors are what Disney's calling randomly selected to go through portable metal (laughs) detectors. I have not entered the park since this has happened, so I don't know who I would like to know if anybody did get randomly selected. Uh, handlers with dogs trained to sniff out explosives and other things will now roam just outside the parks. Disney said that they had been doing that, but not publicly admitting it. Visitors, again, if you're over 14, you're not wearing a mask or a costume. Susie Brown, our Disneyland spokeswoman, said, we continually review our comprehensive approach to security and are implementing additional security measures as appropriate. Again, Disney said that whoever picked that, whoever gets picked for those, uh, Searches through the metal detectors are random. Uh, if they are selected, they have to step out of the line and empty any metal objects from their pockets before walking through the detector. About 16 metal detectors are stationed around the Esplanade. There's also a couple in front of the monorail station at Downtown Disney and even another for the AMC theaters. Inside Disneyland, even the plastic guns that blow up bubbles, Star Wars blasters, Buzz Lightyear Asher blaster toys um, have been removed. The Frontier Shooting Exposition and attractions that use fake guns as props will not change. And just so you know, Knott's Berry Farm has been doing things like this. Six Flags Magic Mountain and Universal Studios have been doing similar things. As someone who's maybe never going to see an NFL game again, NFL games in San Diego, you did they, they, they would uh, wand you and do the same kind of thing and you take everything out of your pocket. So... Big changes to security at Disneyland. Having said that, Tony, when I was there, security really didn't take much longer. And what they've been saying in chat, which is true, is that the security, um, the metal detectors, they're off to the side after you go through um, the, secu- the bag check. So when you go through, if you're selected, when, when I went through, there were police officers on the other side, on the inside and the Esplanade side. And if you're selected, then they'll take you off to do that extra search. So it doesn't slow down the actual bag check lines. What about, did anybody notice the security running those? Did it, did anybody notice that? Is it more? What do you mean? I know they're, they're, it's a they're, party, they're late, isn't it? Yes, and I just, that kind of, like, yeah, it's a third party. It reminded me like I was going to a Chargers Raiders game. Yeah. I didn't like it. I mean, I'm I, just, It didn't bother me at all. I would rather have that and be a little bit more safe. No, I'm not saying you know, I, it bothered me. I just didn't like it. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, the magic It's song. nicer when it's a cast member as opposed to some random hired security thug. I mean, it just, it just, it, the, 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 uh, the magic was a little bit, oh, wow, this is serious. Did they have on the yellow jackets? With yes, the, the, yes. The event on the back? No, almost. The, no, they're yellow jackets with blue sleeves or blue with yellow. I can't, because I was there today and yesterday, and it had says C, CSC on the back. It says big oh, yeah, security. Okay. Like, yeah. yeah. So, not that I don't, like, of course, it's safer. I'm just saying that's that's how they're doing it. Yeah, unfortunately. But at least once we get through the Esplanade, we don't have to deal with yeah, it. Yeah, get them some costumes. Come on. Well, and <laughs> I know I've heard some people on the board say, you know, they're not Disney trained in terms of speech and manner and stuff how, like that. However, they could get them instantly costumes and no, 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 no. no. And just name tags that don't have the Disney logo that looks similar. I mean, you know, cause like some of the, the vendors in downtown Disney aren't, aren't uh, Disney employees yet. They still have name tags and kind of look like Disney employees. I don't know. But having said that, I think that people who would not, would tend to respect, the uniform more than they might respect a cast member as far as authority, you know, being looking at authority. That so way. then get so the they Dis- want you, then, they want to just dis- then get some ahead. Disneyland security cast members out there doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, out here uh, because they they're doing the same thing out here in Disney World. They're in uh, like shirt and ties and you know things like that. So I don't oh, know if they're I don't know if they're third f- parties or if they're you know Disney security. But in Florida, they use actual security guards at back check. Mm-hmm. Oh, they do in okay. uniform. Yeah, right, don't they? Uh, yeah, they yeah they are in uniforms. But I yeah. wasn't. I yeah, I figured they were Disney security though. No, that's what I'm. I'm saying it at back check in Orlando. The it's uniform security guards, whereas it's not in California. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in yeah, uniforms okay. out okay. here. Yeah. Maybe as time goes on and Disneyland gets a little bit more used to it, they'll uh, be more professional. I don't want to say professional, but you know what I'm saying. Maybe they'll be more in line with what you're saying. They'll have um, some type of uniform that's more in line with the resort so you you don't feel that shock of seeing somebody from the outside doing the security check. And, you know, for the canine units, you know, Disneyland, you know, they can park backstage at Disney World here, the Magic Kingdom. They're parked out in front where the buses turn around. So they are the local sheriffs. It's the sheriff department that's that has the canine units and all that patrolling the park. Hmm. And, and having said that, when I was on the tram, the tram, they were announcing, do not bring selfie sticks. Do not, no toy guns, nobody under 14 in costumes. They were announcing all that. And when I was in bag check, the cast member said, um, sir, you're not allowed to bring the selfie stick. And I was thinking with all of the signage in different languages and everything, people are still not paying attention and trying to get their selfie sticks into the into the park. So Now, the costume rule, wasn't that already a rule that they just didn't enforce? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it, before it used to be up to nine, so like now they've, or, yeah, they've raised like- the age to 14. But I'm wondering, you know, as people have been wearing... You know, the Disney bounding that we've been yeah. talking about on the show, people have been um, more creative in their Disney bounding, and it could be that they're going to curtail that yeah. so that, you know, you don't have these um, th- 
the Peter Pan characters so so it's not so obvious. And so maybe you can wear the colors, but not. I was surprised that they were letting so many people in with costume like outfits. Um, right. In the past year, it's become pre- really prevalent. It'll be interesting to see what that does with you know Dapper Days and some of the other. I was, uh-huh. I was thinking that. Well, somebody somebody in Mixler is just commenting that it also now applies to Halloween, uh, the uh, Halloween party. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And then uh, I think all the bubble guns are also they, gone. They are. I was going to comment on that. I can't believe that they got rid of those. Every cast member, every vendor used to shoot those at you. One, one thing that the article was saying, I think it was Susie Brown or whatever, basically we want no confusion whatsoever for our security, so we're getting rid of them all. That was the justification. Just saying. Because that was a pretty penny that they made from those. Oh, yeah. So, you know, they're they're only hurting themselves by not doing those. So, you know, they can't say it's... I can still get my lightsaber, though, right? Oh, they're selling. Oh, yeah. they're selling plenty of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, my but, my cousins from Texas bought. They bought the uh, two edge lightsabers in purple and blue, and yes. they were very proud of their yes. lightsaber fighting skills. But the blasters <laughs> they've pulled. Okay. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about those. All right, let's move on. We have a lot of news since we've been gone for a couple weeks. I will take the next one. Um, the Wincombe Group has filed plans to build a $225 million luxury hotel near the Anaheim, ooh, near the Anaheim Convention Center on the spot the Annabella Hotel currently stands. This is the second luxury hotel proposed by the Wincombe Group and the third hotel announced in the last few months for the area. And of course, developers have begun, have begun to take advantage of the incentive that the Anaheim City Council passed in June that gives them back a bunch of the, most of the bed taxes that they collect from the guests at any new AAA four diamond rated hotel. And that is good for up to 20 years. They get to keep their bed tax. Wow. Um, the new plans by the Wincombe Group's FJS Incorporated include a 634-room hotel plus retail space on Catella and meeting and ballroom space. Uh, the Wincombe Group's Good Hope International is the one that proposed a luxury hotel on the site of the Anaheim Plaza Hotel and Suites. And then, of course, another developer is working on a site uh, to build a JW Marriott, JW Marriott hotel near the garden walk. Um, in addition to the Annabella site, Wincombe also has to obtain a parking lot there at the convention center that's right now being used as part of the construction. So they're parking a construction equipment and stuff like that. So they can't even start construction on this newest, this newest hotel until the expansion of the convention center is done, which is supposed to be mid-2017. Um, however, they've already entered into negotiations with the city council to obtain that land. Um, they still need approval for the new project from the planning commission, which won't happen t- until late spring of this year. And construction won't begin until probably 2018 on this one. So we're looking way forward, but it's interesting that all these... Four diamond hotels are being announced now. I just, I'm just curious to see how many will actually go, will actually open. You know what I mean? Yeah. After, after all of these boom, boom, boom are, are, are announced, it'll be interesting to see 
how many of them actually come to be later on. It would be nice to see some mo- some announcements for some moderate. Right. Yeah, yeah, because um, we're losing the moderates. Mm-hmm. And well, right. no, but we're getting. I mean, we just had the new the new courtyard. Um, there's a new residence in coming in. Um, there's the Hyatt house that's going in across from the Spring Hill Suites. There's another um, home-like one that's coming down from like across from. These at the across from the 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 the, the Sheridan Park in that area, so there are other hotels coming in. Yeah, but, but you know, like you could get some good deals at the Annabella. I can't. I don't know uh-huh. if some of those others would offer, you know, the same kind of thing. Oop, right, Tinkerbell. But um, <laughs> but uh, you know, and uh, I don't know. I I like the Annabella, and that's huge. That's like that's uh-huh. what what three hundred and sixty rooms or something. Yeah. All right, um, Michael, you have the next story. I do. This is a, a bit of a sad one to start off our new year. Uh, those of you who were at the D23 Expo in 2015 or watched the Diz's coverage of it might remember that Carson Van Austin was um, was inducted as a Disney legend. And sadly... Oh, him, Michael? Yeah, yeah. Sadly, he passed away at the age of 70 on December 22nd, 2015. Uh, interestingly, we know his Disney career, but did you know that prior to that, he was a former bassist with Todd Rundgren, who, and then he went on to... Oh, really? Disney. Nice. Yeah, he and Todd, I'm on a first-name basis with them, <laughs> they first collaborated in an early group called Woody's Truck Stop. And I figure really? Tony knows all this. Then hmm. they co-founded Naz in 1967, and they released an early version of Rudgren's number five 1972 solo hit, "Hello, It's Me." And then they, uh, and then they sort of rounded out a lineup that focused on psychedelic and garage rock mixed with power pop. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so they their first appearance was as an opening act with the Doors, and. Basically, wow. the group finally folded in 1969, and um, and uh, Carson Van Osten returned to his roots as a former student at the Philadelphia College of Art. So he joined Disney as a writer and artist in 1970, and he became um, a staff comic artist in 1974. And he said, for me, Walt Disney Studios was really kind of like an ivory tower. Whenever I draw Mickey Mouse, I don't realize it, but I start smiling. And one of his best-known works is the Disney comic strip Artist's Kit. Now it was a seven-page primer on staging, perspective, and other design fundamentals that's inherent in comic panel art. And it's still in use today all around the world. Um, I wrote and drew those sketches around 1975, and I'm so tickled to know that people still find them helpful today, Van Austin once said. Frank Thomas saw it, and you know, one of the nine old men, and used it for an animation class he was teaching at the Screen Cartoonist Guild. And that's how some of the sketches wound up in the book that he and Ollie Johnston wrote, um, Disney Animation, The Illusion of Life, which is a fantastic book. In 1980, Van Austin became a manager in creative services for Disney Consumer Products, providing art supervision and concepts for Disney West Coast licensing. He also oversaw motion picture tie-in advertising, Disney publications, and the Disney Music Company. 
1988, Van Austin took on the role of vice president in creative resources for Disney consumer products, providing art supervision and guidelines for art production, as well as helping to establish some of the first licensing style guides for the group. And in 1994, he became vice president of creative services for the European regional office of Disney consumer products in Paris. And starting in 1977, he was vice president of international creative development for the Disney publishing group. And in that role, he provided art and editorial supervision for key international publishing projects. Some of the projects that we probably know most for are the logo concepts for Mickey Mouse's 50th and 60th birthday. Um, he did the logos for the Walt Disney Studios and the Disneyland Hotel Clock Tower um, Mickey at Disneyland Paris. And more recently, he served as consultant for the Disney Epic, Epic Mickey and Where's My Mickey Games. And like I said, at the 2015 D23 Expo, Van Austin was inducted as a Disney legend. And I sort of went through my notes to see what did I jot down about him then. And um, at the legend ceremony, he said, this is truly the award of a lifetime for me. The happiest day of his life was when he was hired full time as a Disney comic strip artist. And he said that today, when he was inducted as a Disney legend, is also one of those days. And, and, um, Oh, who is it? Um, Floyd Norman, who is a Disney artist, animator, and legend, um, said of Van Austin, throughout his remarkable career, Carson Van Austin shared his special insights and incredible knowledge with various departments and business groups within the Walt Disney Company. Going above and beyond, he created style guides and model packs that the studio continues to regard as a Disney Bible when it comes to the artistic realization of the magical Disney characters. Carson Van Austin unique talent continues to inform everything we do today so disney legend carson van austin will continue to live on um, through the disney animation and artists that he trained so um so thank you carson for for many many decades yeah. of of entertainment i'm so glad that I, I was there i'm sorry Michael. no go ahead I'm so glad that I was there when he received his Disney legend because out of everybody that received theirs, his, um, he touched me more than anybody else. In what way? Um, just how he was so moved and so proud. You could tell that this really meant something to him. Um, and I won't say anything about any, anybody else there who received him, but to him, he was really appreciative of the Disney company, his involvement, his work and, and getting that, that award, I could see how touched he was. And out of everybody, he's the one that, that I, um, I got tears in my eyes when he got his, his award. Yeah. He was very moving. I mean, you could tell he, you know, he had tears in his eyes too. And, yeah. and if you go online, I think it's on a D23 site, whatever he, um, there's, after he received his award, they did some interviews with him, and those are available on YouTube. And they're very nice, very moving, and you can tell that this meant a tremendous amount to him. You made a Disney legend, right? I've got tears in my eyes now. Now, <laughs> now that you read all that, <laughs> thank you, Michael. Um, somebody in the chat room was asking about the new courtyard, um, or the courtyard Anaheim theme park um, that just opened this last summer. Uh, 
how it was. I think it was Jeff was asking. I am staying there the, with my family this coming weekend, and it's going to be our first review of the year um, on the January 17th show. So um, look forward to that. It's pricier than the other ones, I can tell you I'm that. I'm sure it is because it's got a nice water park. Because I, I was going to stay. I, Andrew and I stayed so I could eat. And uh, I was looking at all because I only do Marriott, and I was looking at all the Marriotts. I was like, oh, even with my secret discount codes, mm -hmm. I couldn't yeah. get that yeah. one that cheap. Yeah, no. All right, one last news story, Tony. Okay, SeaWorld has sued California authorities seeking to overturn a decision that allows the theme park to expand its orca habitat only if it stops breeding killer whales in captivity. The lawsuit argues that the California Coastal Commission overstepped its authority when it imposed the breeding restriction because it does not have jurisdiction over the marine mammals, which are regulated under federal law. The commission, which oversees development along California's coast, only had jurisdiction to approve or reject construction projects of the park and would effectively end SeaWorld's popular killer whale shows, the complaint said. The SeaWorld Entertainment attorney said the condition forces SeaWorld to either agree to the eventual, eventual demise of its lawful and federally regulated orca exhibition or withdraw the per permit application and forego the effort to enhance the orca's habitat. I think we kind of talked about that before. During a hearing in October, the California Coastal Commission voted unanimously, unanimously to give SeaWorld permission to double the size of its pools for the orcas so long as the park ends its captive breeding program and doesn't transfer any of its marine mammals to other facilities. So if the complaint asks that, I don't want to read the whole thing, the complaint asks that the Superior Court judge to either order the restrictions be removed or order a new hearing of the development proposal called Blue World without the restrictions on breeding and transfer and for the cost of SeaWorld's attorney fees. And yet... Another as the orca turns. Right. <laughs> okay, so I finally something finally clicked when I was reading this story. You know, the you know how they've kind of backed off on building the the new habitat. Yeah, you know, they they said they're going to put mo new money into different things instead of building this blue mm -hmm. blue blue world thing. That it finally clicked dawned on me that if they don't build the new habitat. They can continue to breed because that rule only goes into effect if they build this new, new facility. Hmm. Right? Sounds, I'm not a lawyer, because but that sounds it good. seems to make the sense. New, the new rule is attached to the building of this new, doubling the size of their tank. So if they don't build the tank, they don't have to follow those rules. They can continue to transfer and breed and all of that. So. Like, ah, oh, okay, so that's why they've kind of backed off on on the on the, the Blue World thing. I'm just glad that they're not dropping it, not just letting it go, that they're actually fighting it. Yeah, me too, because that is, I mean... It's uh, it's been such a critical mission of theirs for so many decades that you know why would they go down without a fight? Right. No. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting hard, to see what happens. You know, because uh, you can see both sides of this issue, and uh, and but you know, I I do think there's value in p 
people, especially children, being able to see these creatures because it because I think they'll be more inspired to want to save the ones that are in the wild and to protect their habitats, protect the oceans. It was I I was at Animal Kingdom the other day because that's my favorite park here, and I was I was waiting in the queue for the um, safari, and you know they they run the little video as if you know you're really in Africa in a preserve, and one there was a line that reminded me of this whole Sea World thing where it was the the narrator is saying by seeing these animals in 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 person you can hold them in your heart and be inspired to save them and i thought okay then does this does this uh, apply to these these wonderful creatures like the orcas and the dolphins that are in captivity where sometimes sort of hurts your heart to see them in captivity so i don't know it's a tough it's a very tough call And for, for me, it kind of does – and I set the, that kind of argument aside, but it's about the commission overstepping their bounds. Right, and right. The, the, that's, I mean, that's what a lot of these California commissions and organization, or associations and things like that do. They overstep their bounds and – legislate that way right. and i just i'm glad sea world is not yeah. putting up with that unelected officials pass legislation yeah thank you that mm-hmm. yes that yeah and so. and i do agree with that that some of our commissions need to be reminded you know how the constitution and all that works <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you tony thank you everyone all right time for rapid fire i will go first um <laughs> universal studios hollywood oh has started using dynamic pricing for their online advanced purchase tickets. Um, the current front gate, the f- current price for a front gate ticket is $95. However, if you purchase in advance on their website, you can save at least five bucks. But if you choose a non-peak day, you can save up to $15 on a ticket. So it just depends on the day of the, the day of the year that you go. Uh, for example, as we record today's, which is Sunday, pricing for Monday through Thursday of next week is only $80. Um, Saturday through Friday, it jumps up to 85. Um, Saturday through the next Friday jumps up to 85. Then, uh, the Martin Luther King weekend is $90. Then after that drops back down to 80 on the 19th. Uh, so it's you have to look at their calendar and determine which days you're going, but you can save some money. But unless you go, you know, weekends or things like that, um, if you want to be able to use your ticket anytime, the price is still ninety five dollars. So you have to know when you're going to go if you want to buy your ticket in advance and save a little bit of money at Universal Studios Hollywood. Hey Tom, so yeah. if, is it going to be like uh, like plane tickets where, okay, so you get it now two months in advance and it's the middle of the week and nobody's going, but now a bunch of people decided to go, is that, my price going to go up or? Yeah, I, I, we need to watch that and see. I don't know. You understand what I'm saying? No, I do. Yeah, like like kind of like, like your. I don't bus think the with- theme park industry has gotten that completely dynamic yet. 
like cruise cruise like yeah, pricing but, but or it's like a, pricing. But, yeah. you know they haven't but it's an algorithm you just push enter in a backslash yeah. and now it's does that well and also tom do you remember when we were there um the front of the line yeah. passes also fluctuate. They always, they've always done that with the front of the line passes where right. it's different according to the season and the day of the week and things like that. So this is just applying that to the one-day tickets. Yeah. And then just jumping on your rapid fire for this, yeah. I just they, they now have annual passes available for Universal Studios. Yeah, we talked about that, at, I think. Yeah, we did, Okay, at Christmas time, they did not have them. Oh, really? Okay. Because I tried to buy them at Christmas, and we we had talked they, about the pricing, but yeah, I guess they hadn't gone into gone into effect yet. Maybe weird. Maybe that's what yeah. They just weren't available at that point. Okay, huh. but I think there a lot of them are blocked. Most of them have have blockout dates. Yes. For when yeah, when Harry Potter goal, opens, even the high one, even the high one has blockout dates. Yeah, um, so there is no um, signature like at, or right. signature plus like at Disneyland. Right. right. So, but with the gold pass, not to make it too long, it's uh, for the highest pass. It's good for three hundred and ten days. Mm-hmm. So there's fifty something days. Yeah. So probably all the holidays, all the weekends, and, and, and this. And yeah, all and... all the weekends during peak time are on the gold pass are blocked. Mm-hmm. Well, when you consider how That's many pe- ridiculous. when you consider how many people you see a day, you know, going out of the the subway station and crossing and going up to the parks, I can see that. Well, it's gonna be empty on on that. That'll be the time to go for for visitors then. Yeah, on holidays. Yeah, on on summer weekends. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Mary Jo. Well, you were talking about refurbishments at the Disneyland and California Adventure Parks. Disneyland Hotel is also going to be doing some refurbishments. And the E-ticket and D-ticket pools are going to be closed starting um, Monday, tomorrow, today. Well, the day that this uh, that we go tomorrow or the day that we uh, broadcast. <laughs> yes, January 4th. So, yes. Yeah, January 4th. I should have just said January 4th. But, um, of course, the cabanas are all going to be unavailable until later in the spring. The spa's also closing. The hot tub's also closing. The what? The hot tub. tub. Yes. All of that will be closing. Um, You can still use the Highway in the Sky at the Monorail Pool, or you can go to either the Grand California or Paradise Pier Hotel pools. And construction will be taking place between the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., so they expect that, you know, when you come back to the, from the parks that you'll be able to relax without having to hear all that stuff going on. And then in addition to the pools being affected, Goofy's Kitchen will be closed and it's going to be refurbished between January 19th through February 9th. So a couple of weeks. And during the time that is closed, um, you know, they, in addition to the Goofy's Kitchen breakfast, they also have Goofy's Kitchen dinner. So while the time is closed, people can have the Paradise Pier dinner uh, with the characters at the Beachside Bonfire Dinner Buffet. So Mickey and friends will be going over there, and they do feature the you know typical California dishes. We've already we've talked about it. We all like it. Um, so this is uh, probably a good way for people to get to know mm-hmm. the Paradise Pier yeah. buffet while the Goofy's Kitchen's closed. And just to be clear, it is not the characters that you would see at Goofy's Kitchen. It's the characters that you would see at Paradise Pier, but just at dinner time. Good to know. 
Soon it's, we're going to be reporting on what's not closed rather than what is closed. Isn't <laughs> that the truth? <laughs> Today there's three attractions that will be yeah. open between... And all the gift shops. <laughs> of course. All right, Michael. Well, it's a new year, new month, and uh, Walt Disney Family Museum has some events. I'm just going to go through the highlights. Uh, they have a new exhibit opening up on January 13th that will be going through September 12th, 2016. This is Mel Shaw, an animator on horseback. Those of you who uh, who um, know me on social media, I... I did post a few photographs from this exhibit because um, they were installing it um, when Carol and I were there the day after Christmas. So this um, exhibit focuses on the life and work of Mel Shaw. He um, he was born in 1914, passed away in 2012. He was an artist and storyteller who wasn't just in demand by Walt Disney. I mean, all the, the animators in the golden era or studios in the golden era um, used Mel Shaw including even Orson Welles. Um, Don Hahn is is the guest curator for this um, project. So it's going to have 120 works, um, including caricatures, sketches, storyboards, conceptual artwork, and more from some of the most influential films of the 20th century that Mel Shaw worked on. It's going to include uh, art from Fantasia to The Lion King, and it's also going to go into his whole life story uh, of an artist, and he was a master horseman. Uh, he played polo with Walt Disney. And anyway, so it sounds like it's going to be really great. It's in the theater um, exhibit hall downstairs on the uh, in the museum. And um, the after-school animation program is starting up again. This is for students. They, they can take an eight-week course in the world of animation, uh, focusing on a new skill or concept that will help them in becoming animators. And they get a chance to experiment with different animation techniques. And then they actually, you know, make a creation come to life. So this is every Wednesday, beginning January 6th to February 24th, 4 to 6 p.m., for young artists ages 11 to 18. You can get go on to the um, museum website. We'll have a link in our show notes. You can find out about um, the fees and uh, about uh, scholarships and things like that. And it's this is limited to only 12 students, so they should get a great experience. There's going to be an excellent talk, The Making of Floyd Norman, an Animated Life. Um, Filmmakers Michael Fiore and Eric Sharkey will be there on Saturday, January 16th at 1 p.m. And they're going to have a conversation with animator, story artist, and Disney legend Floyd Norman. And they're doing actually a full-length documentary film on Floyd Norman. And so they're going to be showing clips from that. Floyd Norman was the first African-American animator. Um you really made it big in the business. He was hired by Walt when he was a very young man. He rose up to the very highest uh, of um, where animation artists could go in um, in the Walt Disney Studio. He very much um, defends Walt Disney against those who claim that Walt Disney was a bigot and a racist because he said that was absolutely not true. So that should be an excellent talk. There's a special program on January 30th for teachers on rudimentary robotics. So you'll learn oh, cool. on uh, learn all about 21st century robotics through Walt's pioneering developments in audio animatronics. Also, you're going to uh, 
go into the learning center for a hands-on workshop, cover the basics of Lego robots and scratch programming. So this is for teachers so that they can um, craft animated classroom activities at all grade levels. And if this is only $10, you want to set up for that. And th those are, that's the highlights. For more information on what's going on at the museum, you just want to go to um, Walt, um, you know, WaltDisney.org and um, look up more information there. Very cool. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Nancy. Okay. So while we're talking about Disney artists, once again, it's time to talk about which Disney artists are appearing at the Disneyland Resort um, this month. So we are starting out, and it's kind of an interesting month, I noticed. Because, lots of non-Disney artists. Well, lots of artists who might have done a little theme park work here and there, but they're showcasing art that's not Disney-related. Too. So, um, first one starting off with the, uh, the Happy Pantry folks. And Happy Pantry is a bunch of cutesy fun, um, you know, like cupcakes, cupcakes with faces. garlic, you know, <laughs> hot salsa coffee, stuff like that. Um, they are animators. Um, it's a husband and wife animator team. And so basically what they're doing is I think they're supporting their animators that, you know, are moving off and doing things on their own. It's, sorry, just dropped my link to the next artist. <laughs> a chain link? Was that what that was? <laughs> I know, right? Actually, it was my phone falling. But, um, and my link is stuck and not going back. So the Happy Pantry folks are going to be there on the 9th and 10th, so this coming weekend. Um, following that is going to be Joe Corney, who's been doing official Star Wars art for Lucasfilm and for Disney. Um, he does a lot of illustrations, books, comic book type work, um, posters, things like that. So he's going to be there the 15th and 16th at... Um, um, and these are mostly at Wonderland, or I mean, at, I'm sorry, at Wonderground or at, um, in the parks. Um, the next weekend, um, uh, or actually the 16th and 17th is going to be, um, Yakovetic. And Yakovetic is a really cool guy. He actually started out in, um, in back, it, he started out doing caricatures under um, Charles Boyer, who was a famed uh, Disney art poster guy. Um, and he ended up going to the Disney stores and designing windows for the Disney stores. So some of those windows that we all grew up with in the old-fashioned Disney stores. Um, and his artwork mainly involves still lifes from the movies. So the spaghetti, you know, on the table in the alley or, um, you know, the, the table as it's set before the mad tea party happens. Little things like that, Cinderella, you know, Cinderella's sewing area, Mary Poppins hats, um, Captain Hook's um, quarters with the map and the dagger stuck in it. You know, all kinds of cool, like, um, still lifes. Um, so he'll be there the 16th and 17th. Um, then moving on, we've got a couple artists that you know, Tom would say are artists that are not quite. Um, Anne Shen, she does, um, 
a lot of like mermaids and kind of fanciful, fanciful things like that. Um, she'll be there also the 16th and 17th at Wonderground. Um, then Nan Hodgkin comes the week after. She does a lot of cute style art. Um, between, you know, the, the kind of, oh, you know, smiling little faces kind of things to little, little hula girls and stuff like that. And, um, she's, like I said, the 23rd, 24th. Then we get into Jeannie Schaefer on the 30th and 31st. And Jeannie's, um, you know, takes it a little back to, a little more back to, um, well, she takes at least back to animals. <laughs> She's a San Francisco Bay artist. Um, she is Mary Blair inspired as well as Richard Scaria inspired. And she's worked on little golden books, things like that. Um, so her, her pieces are especially animal related, not necessarily Disney ish. Um, and, but then we go back to our usual favorites Beginning in February, Needy Chani, June Kim, Jared Mariuma, or Jared, ah, I cannot, I'm having a bad day, I can't pronounce Jared's last name, Mariama. Um, you know, our usual favorites at the Wonderground, um, will be back again in February. So, that is the crew, and then, even more exciting, is they announced the, um, the, you know, cause, for some reason, on the Disney theme park merchandise and pin training page, they always talk about, you know, what apples are coming to the Disneyland Resort. And uh, mm -hmm. this this month's apple is pretty darn tasty looking. And this is uh, this treatment's also going to be done on the marshmallows and stuff. Um, it will be a chocolate, you know, your standard chocolate dipped. And it's going to be interesting because it's going to be rolled in, um, it's going to be rolled in cookie bits, and then it's going to be drizzled with chocolates and peanut butter, and then rolled in peanuts. So the peanut allergy kids want to stay far away from these, but they look seriously good. And if you want to see them, they had uh, pics of all of them up on the uh, Disney Parks blog. So there, there we go. go. That's our latest merchandise. And I have, I think, most of those um, artist showcases on our events page on the Diz. So I will put a link to that in the show notes page so we can, we can review those dates. Uh, Tony, got anything? Oh, well, I did, but um, <laughs> actually, there was there was a news story uh, that I didn't cover that um, a cast member was uh, many cast members were fired for dancing with an unknown podcaster on New Year's Eve out what? in the... Who could that be? I don't know. But apparently they were saying that she really liked going in circles when she was dancing. <laughs> so, that's it. No, I do. She, the 21st she have is a chair your... With her? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Janet Jackson, for those of you that get that reference. Um, hey. Oh, good. All right. Um, Zoot, Zoot, the Zootopia thing is January 21st. That's the only thing I can add, Tom. Was the date. So you're talking about Zootopia, Tony, where is it going to be Well, at? Tom told everybody in the beginning. So. I, they, it's been an well, hour. They don't was, remember. 
Oh, well, it's at the Bugs Life Theater at California Adventure. That's all the only information we've got. And and from what I read, I'm sure Tony knows this, but it doesn't look like it's 3D. It says in in theater effects, but yeah, it whatever that specifically means. doesn't say yeah. 3D though. Mm-mm. And it's just previews. So they, they show so many previews in that theater that when we were there um, the Tuesday before New Year's, I we went to go see there. We went to a. It's tough to see a. It's tough to be a bug, and I was. In my mind, I was thinking, okay, we're going to see some preview, and we actually saw the show. It was so nice <laughs> to see the the show that's supposed to be in that theater. It's so well done. Thank you, Tony. You're welcome. <laughs> um, f- let's take a couple minutes, Mary Jo. I wanted to bring this up and talk about uh, we've got some rain scheduled this week. Are any tips for handling the parks in the rain? Wear good boot. Wear good shoes if you've got waterproof boots. Okay, that's, that's a. Good. I I have done the park in like a pair of Uggs and had to take them back to the hotel and put them in the dryer. Um, wet feet at Disneyland is no fun. Wet feet yeah, no. anywhere is no fun. But yes, and a, a small umbrella, not a huge umbrella, the little small one or ponchos. Bring your own ponchos. You know, and I would say that even if you have a poncho, it's really nice to take an umbrella too because walking around holding the hood over your face so that you're not pelted with water, um, the, the having the umbrella just gives you a little bit more freedom to enjoy, enjoy yourself at the parks. I agree with Nancy about the footwear. I also say, um, take extra socks with you so that you can change out of your wet. It makes a big difference, uh-huh. um, to change even like halfway through to change your socks and, and dry a little bit. Or if you take an extra um, set of clothing, when I went in the rain with my cousins, these are other cousins that were there. One of the boys wore sweats and they didn't take into account that sweats tend to stretch when they're wet. <laughs> and so oh my. His, his, Oh yeah. His pants were like a foot and a half below where they should have been. And he had to walk around. So she had to buy him new pants. So Pay attention to the type of clothes that you wear because denim, you, there are denim doesn't dry well. Stuff. Yes. Do not denim wear denim. Dry. Yeah. Denim doesn't dry well. So, um, and it will be a chilly rain, the type of type of year that we're going. So I recommend to get out of it, go see Lincoln, make a reservation for a restaurant where you can get in out of the rain and have a bite to eat rather than the many uh, fast food places that are counter service places that they have at Disneyland. It makes a big difference. Storyteller Cafe is really nice because of the fireplaces in there uh, to to kind of get warm. I used to tell people to go to Grand California Hotel, but a lot of people go there. So don't think that you're going to go there and dry out and find a place to sit because everybody else is going to be over there doing that. Because everybody loves that to sit lot of- in, that, in front of that fireplace to warm up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, and if and if you must do that, the Hearthstone Lounge is a nice place to get kind of uh, warmed up with a hot toddy or something like that. I I took my cousins, the racing crew that I told you about earlier, and I sat them down in the lobby and got them hot tea, and they were able to thaw out because it was cold Tuesday evening. Michael, did you have some other ones? Because we were talking about. When your brother's going out, right? Yeah, my brother-in-law's already down there. Brother-in-law, so I'm sorry. Be there. Well, I spent all day in the rain today at the Magic Kingdom, 
And um, but I am prepared. I wore my Gore-Tex rain suit. That is the way to go, because <laughs> I was happy and dry and warm. But I have one of those because I was a scoutmaster for 17 years, so I had reason to have one. But um, I sort of like what you were saying, Mary Jo. I took advantage over here of the shows or the rides that were a little longer. So you know, go in the Pirates of the Caribbean to get out of the rain, or Haunted Mansion. It's a small world. Go into the animation building at Disney California Adventure and watch the little show and see Turtle Talk with Crush, or or you know, try yeah. your hand at the Animation Academy. Um, you, go see Aladdin. Oh, whoops. Um, or um, <laughs> You know, you know, well, take advantage of the Frozen sing-along. Uh, you know. Now that you said that, Michael, I do want to say that when you go see Aladdin, we be sure to get a fast pass because more people are going to be watching that show before it leaves forever. And if you go standby, you're not guaranteed a, a seat. Now, it might not be too crowded during the week, but on the weekend, I'm thinking it's going to be pretty darn crowded. So get those fast passes for the show to make sure that you can see that and thaw out, as Michael was saying. Yeah, so, you know, and everybody goes into the shops to go shopping. So that that's an alternative, mm-hmm. but it'll be packed in there. But that's that's a lot of what I did today in between the raindrops is I went into, you know, I went into Carousel of Progress and Country Bear Jamboree and sort of relived old Disneyland days again, you know, and things like that. <laughs> so, um Anyway, so so that's my advice. You can still do a tremendous amount at the park in the rain, but mm-hmm. but but if you're wet and cold, it's pointless. So you have to, you know, don't don't. It's if it's a hundred percent chance of rain, don't be surprised that it rains in the park, and you you have a little uh, a, a little hoodie and shorts and flip flops, and as I saw people in today and uh, i mean you know dress you know plan ahead if you're going to be at the park and dress accordingly yeah dress accordingly take poncho um and they sell them at the you know places like walmart and target etc for for three or four dollars you can get those or you could pay i think they're what twelve dollars now at disneyland and but the good thing about the ones at disneyland if they tear while you're there they will replace them so that's happened to us, you know, as you're taking it off and putting it back on if you're in shows and stuff like that. But wear, wear layers so that you can stay warm underneath all your rain gear. Yeah, that's what I did. And, of course, the locals stay mm-hmm. home, right? Huh, no, no, because the locals are all telling each other that nobody's going to be at the oh, parks. Dang it. <laughs> so I think here um, the locals stay home. <laughs> At Disney World. <laughs> I would believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been there on rainy days, and I I think the last non-crowded rainy day was before the 50th anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Except the coldest <laughs> rainy days are really the best days. They're, they can be a lot of fun. And and I just say go go with it and and visit Disneyland in the rain and have fun. Some of the things will be closed. I think Radiator Springs Racers is closed. And um, California Screaming really isn't too much fun in the rain because that water pelts you in the face. It's like little stingers hitting you. So, But the train ride is still fun and other things think, there. What is it? Is, I, think, um, I agree, is, Andrew. Isn't it uh, teacups closes during the rain? Yeah, probably. Because, because it's slick. The, the floor is slick or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Probably, yeah. All right. Yeah, there's there's a few of them. I don't know if Alice in Wonderland is one of them, Casey Jr. But you'll they'll they'll pay attention to the signs when you get there to the park. Like Michael said, Animation Station is a fantastic place to go um, in the rain and go see the, to the uh, Frozen sing along. It's probably going to be going when the uh, show itself comes up. So very cool. Okay, that's some great advice for. Disneyland in the ring. Thank you, guys. All right. Um, I, before I, we, I have go one ahead, more thing. Home. I teased this on okay. our Facebook page. Okay, I I have a new award. It is the uh, <laughs> it's it's an award for the rudest and mo- most narcissistic guest at any Disney theme park in North America for 2016. Really? I have a winner already because I am. Co- I want to hear. I am it. confident this person will daily do something to er, continue to deserve this award. Okay, are you all familiar with Mickey's PhilharMagic here at the Magic Kingdom? Yes. Okay. yes. It's one of my very favorite attractions here. For folks who aren't, it's it's in it's in Fantasyland and it, it's a it's a 3D film where and it's all about um Donald Duck grabs Mickey's sorcerer hat and he it, it, it escapes him and he basically goes to a bunch of different Disney films trying to get this hat back and all kinds of mayhem ensues. And anyway, during this film, two rows ahead of me, there is a father with his wife and child. And so the, it is dark. This film has started and he holds up his phone and takes a selfie of them. With the flash on. Now, we're thinking, okay, I think the audience all thought, okay, he did this in error. And then I saw him take a couple more without the flash. Then he took a second one with the flash. And by this time, the audience is starting to rumble a little. That, you know, okay, this guy's Mm -hmm. doing it intentionally. The third time... He took the selfie of all of them. That's when people actually started screaming at him. I don't think they screamed in the correct language, however, but um, for him, because I don't think English was his primary language. But um, yeah, this guy in a darkened movie theater is taking taking flash pictures of himself and his family. So I thought, Wow. <laughs> I thought you take the cake. And I stood there. I yeah. wanted to see his face when he walked out. So I actually stood in my row and so I could see him walk out. And also because I left my hat. No chagrin or anything and, and, like that. And cast members said nothing? No, they said absolutely nothing. So, um, wow. which really surprised me. So, um, yeah. but the audience rose up and said something. So perhaps the cast members thought that was enough. So anyway, so he gets my award, rudest and most narcissistic guest, 2016. <laughs> and remember, all the and all the winners are going to be put in a drawing at the end of the yes. year to win the the ultimate prize. Yes, we yeah. send them the six flags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, uh, a little surprise for our friends listening on Mixler. Don't go away after the end of this show because we will have Tony's lunch review of Catal live for you as well. Um, so just hang out with us for a few minutes and we will be back 
live again for our segment for this week. So, and that will be continuing throughout this year. We will have our segment live. So that's kind of cool. Um, all right. That is going to do it for this segment of the Disney Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. Uh, be sure to catch our other Disneyland show this week. And we will be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. <laughs>